0: You've tuned in to 3CR's new program Behind Closed Doors Please listen to our disclaimer This program explores all topics relating to sex work The show is hosted by several sex worker peer hosts and we pride ourselves on facilitating a comfortable space for sex workers to share their experiences Behind Closed Doors aims to uncover what the sex industry is really like we value the varied opinions and experiences of sex workers and we also appreciate questions and curiosities from the general public. Our program, Behind Closed Doors, exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful that the nature of this program may not be for you and is not suited for little is. There is also possibility of explicit language used.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and Digital. I'm one of your hosts today, Dean Lim, and with me is...
2: Kitty Galore. Good evening, everybody.
1: Hey, Kitty. Long time no see. <laughs>
2: oh, it's been a while, it's yes. It's been a
1: while. Okay. So on today's show, we have quite a lot to cover. Yes. We have uh, Port Phillip Council News. We have International Women's Day. We've got an incredible fashion parade, which is part of the celebration for International Women's Day this weekend.
2: And our co-host, Sassy Sin, is organising that as well. Oh,
1: she's part of that uh, group as well, which is fantastic to know. What else is happening?
2: I believe there's also a documentary that's been uh, reviewed by a worker.
1: Yes. And gosh, so much is going on. All right. Well, let's start from the top. Okay, so last night I attended a uh, council meeting which was part of Port Phillip Council and there was a motion uh, raised by Councillor Tim Baxter in support of sex work decriminalisation. Now, people might say, well, who cares? Fiona Padden is leading this review for this year looking at uh, law reform for sex work laws Happening in Melbourne, Victoria. Why are councils important? Well, councils are important because they are greatly affected by sex workers,
2: especially Port Phillip Council.
1: That's right. They have, you know, the largest uh, amount of licensed brothels in their area. They have a large proportion of private sex workers in their council area. They also have the largest number of street-based sex workers in their area as well. Uh, They are, you know, greatly affected by, you know, sex workers in general. So their opinion really matters. So what will happen is councils will also put in a submission to say, well, this is how sex work and sex workers affect our uh, areas. This is what, you know, we can do about it. All these are opinions. This is all part of our submission. So government will definitely listen to what councils have to say.
2: Mm. And before, Dean, you give the big reveal, because I, as, as I understand you were there, mm. um, let's talk about Port Phillip Council. So you've obviously visited this area before. I used to live in Port Phillip myself. And um, what is your feel about this suburb?
1: Well, the, you know, the suburbs that are covered, you know, You know, the main one is St Kilda. They've got Elwood. You know, they have uh, South Melbourne as well. So there's a lot of areas that have, you know, the highest level of licensed brothels.
2: Yeah, but, you know... The, th- the reason why I ask you yep. this is because people think, oh, sex workers is going to reduce the the appeal of her neighbourhood. But the truth is Port Phillip Council is beautiful and yes. it's such a tourist hotspot and it's really the place to be. You know, sex workers who are operating in this area operate in a very professional way. Um, they have d- specific places to go to for work that's designated as well. Yes. So what's your take about it when you I, visit? I, th-
1: I think that, you know... The uh, council have done a great job mm. in trying to, you know, manage, you know, the the, the level of, of, of work and workers in their area. They're trying to be responsible for their uh, local um, residents mm. and they're trying to be responsible uh, and caring to the sex workers, whether you're, you know, working on the street or whether you're a private worker or someone who or works in a, in a licensed brothel. Mm. Exactly. So, you know, when we all work together, I think that we can achieve, you know, really good things. And that's what I felt with, you know, in, in the council meeting that, you know, the majority of councillors were very open to supporting sex workers. They wanted to create a safe uh, space for, you know, sex workers to to work in, whether you're on the street or you're, you know, premises of some sort, as well as to be responsible to their, you know, local residents.
2: This is really good news. Are you about to tell me... Um, that they've supported decrim, yes. so, so they had a vote,
1: and it was a majority vote uh, where they definitely supported, you know, the full decrim, decrim of sex work laws, which is fantastic. They support sex work, they support, you know, a review of the sex work laws, which is great. So it, it's good to know that, you know, when people, you know, are able to engage with their local councillors. Things can be done. Yeah. So they were open to you know, listening to what people had to say. And, you know, there was a sex worker from the uh, an organization called Sex Work Law Reform Victoria who stood up and said, look, this is my story. You know, I have been a sex worker. This is how it has affected me. And I have worked and lived in this area. And so it was really appropriate for for them to, for the counsellors to hear lived experience, and I think that's really important. And they and the counsellors even uh, re- repeated that that they wanted to hear from voices lived experience. of sex workers. Yes, and they were open to it, and they wanted to hear the diversity of of uh, all these different workers, which is great.
2: That's very good to hear. It's really nice to hear. Um, Voices of sex workers being heard and organisations like Sex Work Laura from Victoria standing up um, and out being able to attend, you know, meetings such as these and share their voice as sex workers. Yes. And, Mm. and,
1: you know, together we can create change and to uh, have the ability to have better laws.
2: You know, I just want to throw something in there as well. Like even if you belong to a local council um, that's not uh, heavily – Populated by sex workers, uh, your voice still counts. If you go to your local council um, office and say, "Hey, I want to support sex workers," um, and so should you. You know, your voice counts. Their voice counts, and it all builds up. When that review is happening later in the year,
1: mm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it very much. So, all right, let's have a announcement break, and we will be back on behind closed doors on three CR eight five five AM and digital. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. We were just chatting about Port Phillip Council Uh, supporting sex work laws reform, which is fantastic. On 3CR, we have to say a big thank you to uh, being allowed to have and being supported with this show, Behind Closed Doors. So, dear listeners, support 3CR. It's a great... It's a great show. So how can we do that, Kitty?
2: Oh, we can go to 3cr.org.au and follow the prompts there by donating or simply call 94198377. That's 94198377 during office hours and just pledge.
1: Yes. Uh, We want people to subscribe, 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 which means you just pay a small amount of money to be a member and this will help this amazing community radio station. Okay, so we also have Lisa who did a review on a documentary called The War on Whores. It's available on Amazon Prime. So it's a very interesting documentary. Let's hear it now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and Digital. I'm Dean Lim, and in the studio, I have Lisa doing a review Hi, Lisa. What have you seen?
0: Hi there. I'm wanting to talk about a documentary called The War on Whores by US-Canadian filmmaker Paul Johnson. And it's about, quite literally, the attacks on sex work and sex workers occurring in the United States in the wake of the foster-sister laws and the impact they've had. But the film as well as exploring those impacts, makes the point that there really is a an attack on sex work under the guise of dealing with human trafficking. And it's having a very serious impact on sex workers. Now, the film is well worth seeing. It's available on Prime Video Amazon and Vimeo. It's a much must-watch for anyone interested in sex workers' rights. Johnson's previous film is a documentary called Seven Thirty One, which is about the Japanese army's use of biological warfare. So he's yes, he's already made made films about important subjects, but this film War on Whores holds warnings for sex worker rights activists all over the world, and it's an important look at how media, politics, private investigators, and authorities can unite against sex workers and encourage the police to carry out oppressive actions against sex workers. It explores the narrative of human trafficking and how that has become so entrenched in the popular imagination and it manipulates people into believing that there's a wholesale active industry in sexual slavery where the evidence simply doesn't support this. And it makes the point that the war on drugs has turned into the war on whores. It shows the historical precedence for the trafficking narrative. The white slavery hysteria of the earliest 20th century has now become human trafficking, and there's no accident that the rhetoric uses the word trafficking to associate these two things in the public imagination. It shows how private money is being used to influence public policy and influence judiciary in certain parts of the states, which results in unfair trials when police and judicial bodies are given money to make arrests. It certainly shows how insensitive the police in the States are to sex workers' rights, downright hostile, you could say. And it makes another really interesting point about the use of the word pimp. And it suggests that young people on the street are pimped first, or, or should I say the narrative about young sex workers who are homeless, I'm covering a lot of things here very quickly, is that they're pimped out. Whereas real cause of homelessness, we know, is, is family breakdown, sexual abuse, mental illness, a whole pile of you know, very inhospitable circumstances lead people to be homeless, and then they may take up sex work. The issue with the narrative and the perception of pimp is that it's conflated with violence for a start. And sex workers who are in a relationship with a man who is exploiting him are told that their relationships are not real relationships. And what I mean by that is a woman who's in a relationship, a nurse, a teacher, if she's in a relationship with an abusive man, he's referred to as her abusive partner, If a sex worker is in a relationship with an abusive man, he's automatically referred to as her her pimp. She's assumed to just not know anything about the relationship. Her understanding of the relationship isn't taken into account. So that's one of the things the film explores, and it's a really interesting one. But just to get back to the film itself... It's structured around a set of interviews, predominantly with a writer called Maggie McNeil, and she's an American sex worker rights activist who's very prolific. She writes a blog called The Honest Courtesan, and she's written about 3,000 essays on sex worker rights, and she explores in depth the issues about the public perception of sex work, about the policing of sex work, about the narrative of human trafficking and how it impacts on people's understanding of sex work. And it also features interviews with Elizabeth Nolan Brown, who is also a supporter of sex worker rights activists. So basically the point, the war on whores has historical precedence the 19th century notion that sex workers spread disease. That plays into the stigma against sex workers and sex workers and sex work. And the conflation with violence and sex work, the conflation with criminality and sex work, the conflation with trafficking and sex work, all of these things mean that when legislation or public policy is made about sex work. They're informed by a rhetoric and a narrative that is simply untrue, it's false, it's dangerous, and it doesn't come from examining the real lives of real sex workers themselves. There's a trope that sex workers come from abusive backgrounds. There's a trope that sex workers are riddled with STIs, whereas we know that the sex working population is actually the incidence of STI in the sex-working population is, we believe, somewhat lower. And there is evidence to say that it's somewhat lower than in there.
1: So with the representation of sex workers, is it predominantly female sex workers that are being interviewed or are there also trans, um, people of colour, male sex workers? In this film, she workers? mostly
0: talks about women sex workers. Mm-hmm. She the um, The film does touch on transgender sex workers, but she focuses on the abuse of women because the police stings, the raids, the arrests. She makes the case, and the film makes the case, that a lot of it is about police being able to see upset women naked, and that we're not talking about genuine cases of human trafficking or sexual slavery. We're talking about ordinary sex workers doing their work and being being raided, arrested, harassed, busted. Mm. A lot of the stings where cops supposing as undercover, as clients. And then the result is that you have presumably an upset woman. Now, it happened to Maggie herself, and she talks quite eloquently about that. So I know I've rushed through a whole pile of themes here, which will you know tell our listeners how interesting this film is, and how it unpacks popular perception and how it unpacks stereotypes, which are not only contributors to stigma but contributors to making life very unsafe for sex workers, and it's so important to keep challenging what you read, what you hear, what you understand, and your own preconceptions. Mm
1: -hmm. So this documentary is an investigation into the history of targeting sex workers in the United States. Yes. Does it offer a a glimmer of hope or a solution as to what
0: can change? The solution really is for the public to keep listening to sex workers and to keep questioning the dominant narrative. I would suggest... Reading Maggie McNeil's blog because she really unpacks things incredibly intelligently. One of the most recent things she's written about is how the sci fi literature, which was so popular in the 1940s, where a lot of men were writing short stories and books about long lost, lone travelers discovering lost civilizations and human interactions with aliens from. You know, other planets. And often the fantasy stories involve abduction, they involve sexual coercion, they involve a form of trafficking. And something you wouldn't consider to have anything to do with the narrative around human trafficking and sex work has actually contributed historically to the idea that there are evil creatures out there, you know, collecting human beings for, you know, sexual misuse and in the public imagination it contributes to the historical trope of the evil trafficker taking women for use sexually and these stories of course about lost civilizations are no longer very popular because you know we have you know mapping mapping of the world there are no uncharted territories but there is a concept that the other the other civilizations automatically want to interfere with human beings sexually and will steal steal white women away in order to do so. So even something as remote as 1940s popular literature can have an impact on the public imagination and contribute to the narrative around human trafficking.
1: Mm. It sounds like an absolutely fascinating documentary that it's definitely well worth watching.
0: Yes, yes, it really is, and I encourage anyone who's interested in sex worker rights to have a look at it. I've I've watched it twice, and I really think it's a worthwhile contribution to the arena of sex workers' rights.
1: Mm, Thank you for that.
0: My pleasure.
2: Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR.
1: Wow, that was really good. A really good review of the documentary The War on Whores by Lisa.
2: That was fabulous. Where can I go and watch this movie, Dean?
1: Um, it's actually part of Amazon Prime, so you have to be a subscriber to that network. It's also on Vimeo, so we just have to Google it mm-hmm. and we're going to find it. Ho-
2: War on Whores? Yes. Is that what it is? The
1: War on Whores. Mm. Mm. All right, so... This is a very interesting week because it's leading up to International Women's Day.
2: That's coming up this Sunday, March the
1: 8th. Oh my goodness, that's very, very close. So (laughs) what is International Women's Day?
2: So International Women's Day is essentially a day for everyone around the world um, to just acknowledge and celebrate women, really. Um, You know, it reflects on the social, economic, cultural and political achievements that women have worked really hard to get. Um, And in saying this, the more I reflect on International Women's Day that's coming up, like, not only do we want to celebrate women across the world, but we want to celebrate each and every person who takes the time to celebrate women, the women around them. And it's it's not just about one party anymore. It's about being united. Um, I was watching this um, documentary, or uh, well, not documentary, but a um, talk uh, that was given in the UN for last year's 2019 uh, Women's International Day, and Anne Hathaway was talking about how we have to liberate men so that they can start taking roles of caregivers. Uh, so that women can then have more roles within the male workforce. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything is interconnected and it's never just um, one party that, that the light has to focus on. You know, we're, we're all connected and we need to be united as one.
1: Mm, that's a good point that, you know what, we all have to work together. Mm-hmm. We, all have to, we are all part of this earth, this planet, which, you know, it has a lot of troubles, but if we work together, and help each other, support each other, we can really achieve great things. And I think it's about being open to communicating, open to each other rather than just being different and shutting people out.
2: Yeah. You know, sometime last year, I was talking to a particular person um, and they said to me, well, I won't go into why, but they said essentially that men should behave a certain way and should be respectful of women and women are respectful of women, uh, they deserve no praise because that is the bare minimum that they should behave. And you know, you can replace men with the word human being because everyone should be respectful of everyone. But I personally believe that we now live in a world where there's not enough positive reinforcement and encouragement when it comes to, you know, the proper way to behave and the ethical way um to conduct oneself and therefore when there's no positive reinforcement or no encouragement, it's like, what's the point? Like why would I go out of my way to help someone um, when there's no pat on the back? And I think we need to start doing that. We need to start um, giving credit where credit is due, even for the minor things, just to show that there is appreciation um, for each and every one who goes out of their way to respect one another regardless Mm. of the gender or how one identifies.
1: That's right. I think it's just about basic kindness, basic respect that we all need to give to ourselves and to each other.
0: Mm. Oh, boy.
1: Just something so simple, (laughs) isn't it?
2: (laughs) It is, but, you know, we're losing touch of that. It's like especially in this day and age of technology and social media, like we forget forget what it's like to meet in the playground or just – pick up the phone and ring someone say hey how you doing and with international women's day coming up this sunday march the 8th you know just take the time to celebrate the women around you and also the people around you who celebrate women as well Mm. because at the end of the day you know we need each other
1: definitely and speaking of this sunday march the 8th one of our co-presenters on this show behind closed doors sassy is actually involved in a really cool event it's called this is me celebrating women and their power it's on at the collingwood town hall this sunday uh it's occurring from 1 30 p.m until 6 p.m tickets are still available um i'm gonna try and make it down there it sounds amazing and what is the event well It's a fashion show celebrating the diversity and power of women. And it's, you know, a really interesting event where there's going to be entertainment. There will be a uh, fashion parade, of course. And it's all sorts of people in, you know, all walks of life. So it's not just, you know, beautiful supermodels. And of course, our lovely Sassy is a supermodel in my (laughs) eyes, anyway.
2: Even if she doesn't try. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know.
1: There's all sorts of women. Uh, from a diverse range of backgrounds just like sex workers we all come from a very diverse range of backgrounds experiences life stories age groups ethnicities nationalities gender identifying we are all so different Mm. and so interesting and what the event will be is to just to recognize and support women which is fantastic it's a woman-led initiative so it's you know, great that, you know, women have gotten, gotten together and created this incredible event. It's also a charity event. So it's actually supporting two charities. The first charity is called the Butterfly Foundation, which supports women and girls who have been impacted by eating disorders and body dysfor- dysphoria. The second is, uh, Foothills Care, who support women who are survivors of family violence and abuse. And the ticket cost includes entry and the entertainment. Uh, Drinks are available for purchase on the day. So it sounds like an incredible event this Sunday at the Collingwood Town Hall. So we should all try and get down there.
2: Yeah, sounds like it. You know, Dean, I also just want to take this next minute to acknowledge a very strong, powerful woman, um, the very woman who will be at this event, who's organizing this event. And as Dean said before, it's our co-host Sassy Sin. And you know what? Like I've known Sassy for just over a year now. And this woman, uh, obviously she identifies as a transgender woman. Uh, She's just mind blowing. And if you want to meet someone who's powerful, strong, encouraging and you know, if you want your mind blown by someone uh, who's just a real motivator, you know, this Sunday is the day to go to this event, mm. celebrate women, and meet this person.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's great. Sassy is definitely is a role model, and she's an amazing person. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what's coming up over the next, I guess, couple of weeks on behind closed doors is that we'll we will have a wide variety of people that we have as guests from all walks of life. So on Behind Closed Doors, we like to showcase the diversity of the different people in our community, uh, mainly, you know, the sex workers in our community. But we also like to talk to people who are what we classify as allies. So people who support us in our work, in our endeavors, in our life. So whether they're politicians, or, you know, people who are educators, or therapists, it doesn't matter, we will have a wide variety of people in um, on our show.
2: I'm actually looking for a particular type of sex worker to interview as well. So I'll do a call out for any sex worker um, who's willing to share their experiences as a sex worker mum. And this is going to be aired on Mother's Day mm. uh, for 2020. So if you are a sex worker who is also a mother, whether it's a mother to... Fur babies or real human babies, please get in contact with us and I'd love to have you on the show. So write to us at bcd3cr at gmail.com or tweet at us at bcd3cr. Excellent.
1: Okay. Well, that's our show for this week.
2: Oh my God. Time always flies. (laughs) Well, Dean, I know you've got such an awesome song I can't wait to hear that's lined up for us. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory? This
1: is Icy by Kim Petrus. Kim is a fantastic singer from Germany. She's also a trans female. Uh, She's fantastic. She's a great singer. She should be number one all around the world. (laughs) I don't know why she isn't. She's great. This is her song called I See. You've been listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM. We're here every Thursday, 6 p.m. Join us next week.
2: i the table maybe i don't even hate you